As you're being seated, turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. During the life of Christ, he once told his disciples, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He made them a promise when he said those words, I will build my church. And if Jesus makes a promise, does that promise get fulfilled? (laughs) Every time, right? He's never broken a promise. Our God is unchanging and can never fail and has never broken a promise. A promise. And so Jesus Christ made this promise to a small group of disciples. And then after he uh, gave his life on the cross and died for our sins and was buried in the tomb, he rose again on the third day and met with his disciples again. And at this time, he told them, your job as my disciples is to go out into this world and to make more disciples. That's your job. That's your goal. And over in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, if you look at it with me there, he says, But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. So Jesus commanded and commissioned his disciples to to go and just spread his good news all across the world. And did they do that? They did, right? These, this small group of folks began to just change the world through, through the power of God's work. And for 2,000 years since then, the church, in some form or another, has always existed and been serving Christ. This is actually an important day in church history. Did you know that? 504 years ago was when Martin Luther kind of, in some ways, began the, the Reformation of the church. And uh, important day there historically. But we're going to look today at the importance of the church, and we'll see that in Acts 2, and starting in verse 41. So if you found verse 41, say words. That's good. It says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. I'm going to ask you quickly this morning to come with me on a journey and a look at some things you already know, but I hope we'll be reminded of today, and that's the importance of the church. Number one, I want to ask this question, who is the church? We know from this text, and we know from just understanding the word church in the Bible, it means a group of assembled people, a called out people. It's the word ecclesia in the Greek, a gathering of people. And we know that the true church is an organized group of believers who 
who come together, join together, covenant together to serve Christ together. I love this definition of the church I heard years ago. It says the church is a, is a group of redeemed people who gather to worship God and scatter to make his name known. If we did that on a weekly basis, we would be being the church. If we gathered to worship and scattered to make his name known, we would be doing our job as the church. But as I was diving into this text and thinking about this group in Acts 2, uh, my mind kind of wandered toward other metaphors that the Bible gives us about the church. And I want to give you a few of them here uh, on the screen here. The first one is the church is family. Now let's think about this for a minute. There's one word I did not put in that statement, and that word is like. For many people, they might say, well, the church is like family. But in the Bible, and how we should see it, is not that we're like family, but that we are family. Right? Because guess what? If you're a believer in Christ, we all share the same Father, don't we? The Heavenly Father. And that's why we call each other sometimes our brothers and sisters in Christ. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a spiritual family, a spiritual adoption, a spiritual father, spiritual brothers and sisters, but we should see each other that way. Hey, do all families always get along? No, but what do they do? They just love each other through it. They figure things out. They work through stuff. And that's how the church is, right? We, we, we work through stuff. We figure it out. We love each other, even though we might sometimes have disagreements. But the church is family. Secondly, the Bible says in Ephesians 5, the church is the bride of Christ. How important is this? Listen to Ephesians 5, 31 and 32. It says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, but I'm saying this. It refers to Christ and the church. We as the church are the bride of Christ. Y'all have heard me use this illustration before, but if you say you like me, but you hate my bride, am I going to be okay with that? Right? You can't love me and not love my bride. I'm not, that's not going to fly, right? And so we can't say we love Christ and not love his bride, the people of God, the church. N- number, letter C here, the third one is 1 Corinthians 12 says we are the body of Christ. Think about the church in that way. And our bodies have different things, right? We have ears to hear, eyes to see, hands to hold things. We have mouths to eat breakfast food here in a few minutes. Um, some bigger than others, but um, God gives us all these parts in our bodies to make the body work, right? Well, look, in the church, we all come together as members of one body, and every member has a role to play. Did you know that? If you are a member of this church, you have a role to play. Let's just assume, figuratively speaking, that you are the arm of the church, and you don't, but you're not active in the church, then the church is walking around with one arm which is not ideal, right? What if you are um, the feet of the ch- or the legs of the church, but you're, never, you're not an active part of the church? Then the church can't do what it needs to do. It can't walk properly, can it? We all have our roles to play. We all have our parts to play, whatever that might be. And we, have to just, we need to realize that again this morning and realize that, and I, and I know this is true. Many people think, well, I just kind of go to church. I don't really play a part. No, if you are saved and you are a member of this church, there is a role for you to play, a part for you to do. And it might just be simply being someone who shows up and encourages others. It might be someone who, who's just really good at uh, giving to others in times of need. I don't know what your role may be, but, but you can figure that out through prayer and, and through, the, through the word. So the church is family. The church is 
um, the bride of Christ, the church is the body of Christ. And in Acts 2, if we look back at these folks, it says these folks, in verse 42, were together, and they continued steadfastly, 42 says. They were together in what they did. God did not just change their hearts. He changed their lives. Let's say that again. If you're taking notes, I'll write that down. God did not just change their hearts. He changed their lives. They begin to sell stuff and, and share and give to the poor and help each other. I submit to you today that if God has changed your heart, he's also changed your life. And that if God has not changed your life, then he has not changed yet changed your heart. When God changes the heart, he changes the life. Number two, not only that's who the church is. They're this group of people who we're this group of people that come together uh, under Christ. Number two is what must the church do? What what are our our roles as a church? And I bet if I asked you this morning, you could even share. And I bet you'd say good things like love each other, um, serve the Lord, um, you know, teach each other, whatever. You, you would say some good things. But I want to give you three that I, I find here in this text, and I think it's a very good kind of catchy way to say it. The first thing we must do is reach up. And look at verse 42 again in 43. It says, They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. So the apostles had this teaching they learned from Jesus, and now they're passing that teaching down, and the, the group here that's new, new believers are just, they're taking in the word that they're doing, the apostles' doctrine. But not only the doctrine, they're, they're also in fellowship with one another, closely with one another. They're, they're breaking of bread, and they're in prayer. It says, fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And so when I say reach up, what I'm saying is worship God. First, the first thing we must do as a church is figuratively reach up. Look, looking to our Savior, looking to our Lord. Look, I said this in my notes this week. I was writing, like, this isn't rocket science, all right, or brain surgery. It's more important than those things. This is me and you saying, I worship the God of the universe. That's pretty important. We sometimes see our worship as something small or just I do this or that. Worshiping God is a big thing. <laughs> and we are, by the way, created and made to worship God. He made us. And by the way, you're, you're, you're worshiping something. It's either God or other stuff. And look, on this note, you can sing all the songs you want, right? I can stand here and play the guitar for an hour and sing songs. You can attend all the church services you want. You can put all the money in the offering box you want. You can make all the excuses you want. But if me and you, if we're not engaged in the Bible and in prayer, then we aren't worshiping God. Is that convicting anybody? That's true. I think that's true. Preacher included. If I'm not engaged in the Bible and in prayer, then I'm not really worshiping God the way I should. And if that's me, I'm just faking it right now. And that's not what we want to do. So how's your reaching up? How's your upward focus? Are you focused on him? These people were. Secondly, not only do we reach up, we need to reach in. And when I say reach in, I mean just serving in the church. Look with me there at verse 44 through 46 again. It says, all that believed were together. 
together. The church is a group of people that's together, right? That, that's what the church is. And all, they had all things in common, and they sold, verse 25, their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. They, they cared for each other, didn't they? And verse 46, daily with one another in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and people give us a picture of this beautiful early church that loved and cared and shared is it any wonder if you look at verse 47 god continued to bless that church god continued to add many many people to that church because they were not only reaching up in worship but they were reaching in to serve each other i was looking through scripture and i found these one another commands and i'm going to read these so fast you better listen fast and peter's going to put them up there I, don't, I didn't put the scripture reference, but every one of these come from a verse in the Bible. Every one did. Here's what we should be doing as we reach into one another. Love one another. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another. Live in harmony with one another. Build up one another. Accept one another. Admonish one another. Greet one another. Care for one another. Serve one another. Bear one another's burdens. Forgive one another. Be patient with one another. Speak the truth in love with one another. Be kind to one another. Submit to one another. Oh, there's more. Look to the interest of one another. Bear with one another. Teach one another. Comfort one another. Encourage and exhort one another. Show hospitality to one another. Pray for one another. Confess your faults to one another. Is there more? Yes. These are things you shouldn't do. Do not lie to one another. Stop passing judgment on one another. Do not envy one another. Do not slander one another. Do not grumble one another. And guess what? There's not more on the slides, but I have more in my notes. I won't read to you. Is it? Does the New Testament church show us a picture of people who do things with one another? It's clear. Okay, you can't be, you can't fulfill all those commands that God has given in the word if you're not with the church on a regular basis. You just can't do it um, in the way that God has called us to, to do. Are you reaching in? Here's what happens in most churches, and I've been a part of a bunch of churches in my last 20 years of life, several churches at least. In most churches, a small group of people reach in, and the rest just kind of hang out. 10% of the people do 90% of the work or 100% of the work or 100% of the reaching or 100% of the helping or 100% of the serving. Where is the church that has 80% of the people doing the rest and not doing the rest? Uh, I'm challenging us to not only reach up and worship, but if we do that, we'll be reaching in as we serve one another. The third one is letter C there is um, reach out. It says there in verse 47 that the Lord added to the church daily as such should be saved. And we know this truth that God is the one who saves. God is the one who builds his church, who adds to the church. But it also, and it's clear through the, in the scripture, that God uses his church to reach people. Someone said the church is God's plan A, and he doesn't have a plan B. God uses us as we live gospel lives and as we share the gospel and just be the christians we should be he uses us to shine a light in a dark world 
one of my um, my mentor growing up uh, when I was first coming to Christ was a man named Scott, and Scott, I've told you about Scott before. He was once uh, pastoring like a new church, and and probably about the size of our church, and he said, he told me one time, the hardest thing to do in church is to keep an outward focus, is to get people to look beyond themselves and beyond the four walls of the building and to see that when we leave here, we are still the church going out to serve God and reach others for Christ. We're so tempted to only focus on ourselves, and, and there's a part of that. We already talked about reaching in, but there's also a part where we need to reach out. We don't have to make it complicated. We don't have to make it confusing. It's as simple as living the, the life God's called you to live and taking every opportunity you have to tell people what God has done for you and what God has done for them. So we should reach up. We should reach in. We should reach out. The church in Acts did these three things, and they changed the world. Next, we've looked at what the church is. We looked at what must the church do. Finally, notice um, why should you join and be active? Most of you, most of you in this room, I think, are members of this church. But why should you be an active part of the church? And I'm going to give you these quickly, but you should join for other people. That sounds weird. Why other people? Well, first, join for non-Christians. Um, and here's what I mean by that. When you say, I'm a member of so-and-so's church, you're telling non-Christians out in the world, there's something important about this church. There's something important. God has done something in me and commanded me to do something, and I stand with this church. I stand with the beliefs of this church, and it lets the world know that you've made a separation between the world and your faith, and that your faith is something that's important to you. So you join for that reason. When you're a member of this church, people should know, hey, that person believes in, in one God. That person believes in Jesus Christ. That person believes in salvation by grace through faith. And so you, you're letting that know. We, we, all know um, we all know people that love, you know, their favorite college, right? Mississippi State, Alabama, Kentucky. Sorry, Clint. Um, whoever it might be, Ole Miss, whoever y'all like, you know. We know, people, we know who people love in, in, and who people support. The people in this world know you support this church. The people in this world know that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. If people in this world don't know that you're a Christian, why? It's either because we're hiding it or maybe we're not Christians. Number two here, uh, join for struggling Christians. Uh, what does that mean? Well, God is not only concerned about my private spirituality, he's concerned about me caring about others. I think God looks at me and says, not, not just as pastor, but as a Christian, and says, are you caring for other believers? Are you doing your part in loving and sharing and, and being kind to one another? And 1 John 4, 8 says, this is very blunt, but First John 4, 8 says if we don't love the, the people, then we don't love God. If we don't love the people, we don't have the love of God in us. And so our, our goal is to be a part of the church for those in the church who may need our encouragement, may need our help. We need to be people who are providing for others. I love this quote that a friend of mine, Drew, said years ago, and I love this. He said, we need to be apron-wearing and not bib-wearing. You know what that means? If you put on an apron, what are you about to do? Serve. I'm, I'm guessing there's some aprons in the back right now. They're getting stuff ready. You know, I saw my, my girls wearing one earlier. Put on an apron, you're about to serve. You're about to work. If you put on a bib, what's about to happen? You know, if you're thinking about a baby, right, you're about to get be spoon-fed. How many Christians are bib-wearing? 
just come to church, they'll feed me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Man, God's called us to be open workers, to be servants, to put others' interests ahead of our own. And may God help us do that more. And we can't, we can't do that, though. We can't be open wearers if we're not being an active part in our local church. Another reason to join, and I say this selfishly, is join for church leaders. Join for pastors. You're like, well, what does that mean? Well, pastor just wants more people sitting in their seats. He wants more, you know, rears in the seats. That's not what I mean. Did you know that Hebrews 13 says this? Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. That's for the pastor, right? Like, for the elders of the church, like, wow. The pastor will have to give an account for his feeding, biblically, his teaching, and his leading of the people. So I'm telling you to be an active part of the church to help support your pastor whose job it is, whose goal, whose ministry it is to care after you spiritually. And think about the pastor as a shepherd, right? And he's trying to feed the sheep. He's trying to care and lead the sheep the way they need to go. But if the sheep are always wandering far away, then he struggles, right? Because he has to spend his time chasing down the sheep, the lost sheep, the straying sheep, instead of feeding the, the flock. Think about it that way. Just one reason we need to maintain an active church role of our members so that I know specifically who is under my care and who the Lord has given to me and my care and to others. Well, join for others. Join for, uh, the next one is join for your own spiritual health. Look, join and, and, and be an active member for, your own, for yourself. I mean, there's a part of being spiritually protected when you're a part of the church. The more you're out of the church, the more likely you are to fall away from the things of God. I think that's just reality. I know people that say that there's not. They, some people say, well, I can be just fine without the church. Well, you, but you can't. Here's why. God has told us to do all these things we've mentioned today in the setting of the church. And so barring some kind of special activity in your life, like a sickness or caring for a loved one or know maybe serving in the military overseas or something like that or a job that maybe took you away barring those types of situations which are rare you can't accomplish god's will apart from being an active part of the church body and you do it for yourself is another reason the bible says as i mentioned earlier that we are sheep and sheep are not smart animals they're dumb animals and they wander around and we fall into trouble if we stay away from the shepherd, and I don't mean the pastor, I mean the good shepherd. We fall away and we get into trouble when we stay away from him. Next, join for your own spiritual assurance. Membership in the local church is not only your testimony that God has saved you, but membership in a local church is that church's testimony where they say, we've, we've seen this person's life. We see the fruit of their life. And yes, God has done a work through them. Somebody you know that's not connected to our church, if they were to, um, I guess if I were to go to them, or they would come to me and say, hey, what about this person? I should be able to tell them, here's why they're a Christian. And the answer I give should not be, they go to church on Sunday. I should be able to say, I've seen fruit in their life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, 
I've seen their love for God. I've seen their love for others. I've seen their love for each other. I've heard them pray. Those are things I should be able to tell other people as your pastor if they were to ask me if that person is a Christian. And going to this church, we're, we're mutually holding each other accountable. I mentioned the, the, the Reformation earlier. Martin Luther, listen to what Luther said. And he believed in salvation by grace alone now. Salvation by grace through faith. That was his thing. That's what he's known for. And Luther said this. Apart from the church, salvation is impossible. Not that the church provides salvation. Only God does. But because the saved one can't fulfill what it means to be a Christian apart from church membership. Another reformer, Calvin, said, So highly does the Lord esteem the fellowship of his church that he considers everyone a traitor from religion who perversely withdraws himself from his Christian church. Here's the strong words. Those guys didn't get around to this. Let me, say, let me add something to what they said. Don't make the preacher lie to Jesus. I've had to do that. I've had to say, so-and-so, you know, they were a member of so-and-so church, but in reality, they weren't really a member. I mean, they, they were on the roll, but they weren't really active. And so the preacher was like in this weird spot. Make the preacher get up at your funeral one day and say, he not only attended church, but he served people. He prayed for people. He helped when someone needed help. He was an encur- she was an encourager. She was always looking for a way to, to help others. Then you get their confession. Although I hope I don't scare them away too much. Join for others. Join for yourself. Finally, join for the Lord. We join for his, his name Again, verse 47 here says, The Lord added daily in the name of Christ that he's going forward. So we, we join for his name that we might uh, promote Christ. And look, we don't do a lot of fancy stuff here. That's, that's a really great writing here in my notes. We don't do fancy stuff here. Um, we, could, we talked about this Wednesday night. We could do a lot of different things to attract bigger crowds. We could do it starting next week. We could attract bigger crowds doing certain things. But that's not what the Bible's called us to do. There are certain things he's called us to do. Meet together for prayer, worship, singing, preaching. That's what he's called us to do, serving. And so that's what we're going to do. And, and as we do that, we trust God will add to his church. And we want to see God's name promoted. The next thing is the, for the sake of God's cause. His cause, again, is to display his glory. As we serve in this church, we are promoting the name of God and we're promoting the cause of God, which is to see more souls saved and to see him glorified. So the church is a community of baptized believers who confess Jesus as Lord. They gather under organized leadership, and they follow the scriptural commands. They love God and others. They are not perfect, but they strive to do what is right. Church, moving to my conclusion, we need to reach up. We need to reach in, and we need to reach out. And if we're doing those things, then we're, we're being good church members. If we're not doing those things, we're not being good church members. I heard about a church that, uh, t- in talking about some of these church membership things, and they were saying, if, if, you're, if you're out of the church for like three months, um, they basically just have a conversation with you, and then they say, 
you know, you're no longer a member of our church. Does that sound harsh to y'all? Is that harsh? It doesn't sound harsh to me. Because in the New Testament, unless you were probably sick or something serious going on in your life, I would imagine if you missed three, three months of meeting together, they would consider you a, an apostate. apostate. I mean, you're, 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 what are you doing? And I'm not saying we're about to necessarily have that in our church, but we do want to, it's our heart, it's our heart of the core group of this church that we reemphasize the importance of our membership at this time. Speaking on behalf of some other folks, I guess, but we've been discussing this on Wednesday nights and things like that. And it's our heart. Are you reaching up? Are you seeking to know and love God through his word? Are you reaching in? Are you putting yourself in a position to look out not only for your own interests, but also the interests of others? And are you reaching out? Are you living a life where others can see Christ in you? And are you using your life to shine his light? I want you to evaluate this morning. We're, we're about to leave and go enjoy a great meal, fellowship. But before we leave, evaluate your commitment to this church family. I was going to save this for later, but I'm just going to say it now before we go in. Evaluate your commitment to this church family as I ask these final questions. If everyone had the same commitment level to this church that you do, how effective would the church be? If everyone prayed like you do, would God's ears be busy? If everyone gave like you, would we be able to keep the ministry moving on? If everyone attended like you, how would our attendance be? If everyone served like you, would people be being saved? People encouraged like you, would other people be encouraged? Some toes may have been stepped on today, I don't know. Uh, we all need that. There's stuff in the sermon I needed about church membership, and I'm not talking about it. And I know there are extenuating circumstances. I know COVID has been a weird thing the last couple of years. But I'm calling you for your own good, for the good of this church, and for the ministry of the Lord, I'm calling you, unless you have a serious reason why you cannot, I'm calling you to recommit yourself to the membership of this church. Because if I can go to Walmart, if I can go to the local steakhouse or the ball game, but I can't go to church, say this, and I'm, I'm saying this and I'm praying because we're going to need prayer. If I can go to Walmart and the steakhouse and the ball game, but I can't go to church, I should stop calling myself a Christian. If my faith can't get me in church, I doubt it's going to get me into heaven. 